All right, hello everybody. Welcome to your very favorite Spider-Man podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell. Today, we're going to be taking a look at Spidey Comics from December of 1985. That's right, and as usual, we're joined by G.I. Jolie. Hello, Ooh. hello. Woo! So happy. There we go. And I got you. stepped into the room. Where is my horn? <laughs> And Bex Luther. Thanks for joining us, Bex Luther. Hey, yo, what up? It's me. Hey, yo, boy. <laughs> okay. So this week we're... What's that? I was going to say, you don't have um, a, an a appropriate... A trash queen something. Uh, something like Oh, uh, yeah, we need we do need an intro. Well, like, like a toilet flush? <laughs> oh, my okay. God. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Or like um, the first three bars of um, Smash Mouth. <laughs> how, about, how about this? Okay, you, do you want to introduce? Do you want to introduce uh, Becca again, real quick? Uh oh. Hey, Bex Luther. Uh, hey yo, what up? It's me, your boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Tim Allen. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, okay. Like Tim Allen, I did have a big problem with cocaine, so. Oh. <laughs> I mean, all right. We are just off kidding. Rails, I'm folks. straight edge. <laughs> Your okay. problems are different than his. All right. So, Spider-Man. So we are covering December of 1985. Yeah, we're gonna be starting off with uh, Web of Spider-Man number nine, and I'll just jump right into talking about this one. Um, so we're picking up. Uh, right where we left off from the previous issue, we have uh, another recap of uh, 30 years ago when the meteor strikes Earth and crashes down and gives uh, the Smithville Thunderbolt his powers. But we find out that in uh, actually two meteorites crashed on Earth and um, one hit the junkyard like we saw in the previous issue. But in this issue, we see that the second one went into some farm land somewhere and was never found until one year ago uh, when Big Baby Man, uh, <laughs> he's he's out there, he's plowing the land and he finds a boulder and he gets anger and he lifts it up and he it gives him these magic powers and he's able to just toss this giant boulder over his shoulder like it was nothing um and uh after uh getting these powers and not realizing it um or maybe he kind of does realize it he he's like wow for some reason the boulder's not so heavy and he tosses it uh, and he goes back to his family and his wife has just finished cooking dinner and uh, his two boys are there as well. And it's a, just a perfect night. They're about to sit down and have a delicious meal. But of course, there's a fly. <laughs> there's a pesky fly. And Big Baby decides to swat the fly away. <laughs> and while doing so, also completely destroys the front of their house and blasts the door away. And... Of course, his family calls him a monster and tells him that he's an alien and to get out of the house and mm -hmm. never come back, I guess. So then we jump back to present day, um, one year after the events of what just happened. And uh, Big Baby is crashing through 
the the house of the Smithville Thunderbolt. Uh, there's a tussle going on. Spider-Man is trying to save him. Uh, he kind of wimps out and runs away. And um, uh, what is what's her name again? The 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 um, Roxanne. Oh, yeah. Roxanne. Yeah. So she she's still there. This reporter. So she has the right. secret identity. Uh, she took a picture of uh, the Thunderbolt with his mask off so he knows she knows his secret identity and she sticks around to take some pictures and after her film runs out she's gonna go to the police but not before dropping off the film to get developed um and uh yeah uh after the police show up the big baby decides to kind of kind of make a break for it um so does spider-man and we cut back to uh to Roxanne as she's developing the pictures moments later and we see her developing the picture of uh, uh, the Thunderbolt with his mask off. So Peter Parker decides to go give her like pay her a visit, tries to convince her to um, not uh, uh, write that story and post those pictures to the newspaper. And she pretty much says like bug off. I'm doing it anyway. I'm I told you already I'm doing this because I'm going to make it no matter what. And then we cut back to um, Mr. Hopkins as he's returning to his house and he's pretending like uh, nothing's happening. He's telling the police everything's fine and to just leave. And uh, that's when he decides that he needs to take matters into his own hands with Roxanne. um, So she doesn't publish the 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 story and he takes out a gun and he like for a moment he's like i'm just gonna fucking kill her but he's like no 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 i shouldn't do that and he puts the gun back down immediately like it's just like a moment where he pulls out his revolver and then places it back down on the the table um then we kind of get this weird like dream sequence with big baby as he's like looking at his reflection (laughs) And he's kind of like flashing back to the past year and how everybody has uh, treated him poorly and treated him like a monster. And he's super jealous about the Thunderbolt because everybody in town seems to love him because he's a hero. So he's going to take out his anger on him and try to stop him. So that's what this whole thing is about. Um then we uh, cut over to like another day or something and uh, it's raining out and Roxanne is on her way to go publish the paper. And it turns out that the Thunderbolt has set up this, um, it's kind of set up this trap for her to kind of put her in fake danger and, uh, just so he could pretend to save her. So uh, it'll be easier to convince her not to publish the paper. So um, th- he throws like some paper mache rocks and makes her swerve out of the way. And he has oil on the ground. So she crashes into a tree branch or, uh, you know, a, a fallen tree. And she kind of right away is like, listen, I know you're faking. Spider-Man also shows up to save the day. And he also finds out that Thunderbolt's faking. Um, and that's when Big Baby shows up. And uh, after she gets into the car, he like pushes it off of a cliff. Thunderbolt's got to jump down and save her for real this time. And um, Spidey and Big Baby are kind of fighting and he's able to jump down to uh, the Thunderbolt. And that's when he grabs him by the scruff of his shirt. He looks him in the eyes and realizes, oh, my God, we have the same eyes. 
the, yeah. uh, the, the 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 same kind of like lonely look uh is in uh hopkins's eyes as the big baby so he puts him down he realizes he can't he can't uh hurt him and everything is fine mm-hmm. shield comes and kind of recruits him and they're going to kind of do some testing on the rock and him to figure out what's going on with the powers um and then you know days later we find out that roxanne still published the paper and um it looks like a mob is heading to hopkins's house but it turns out <clears> that they're <throat> all kind of throwing like a parade i guess for him like they're they're showing up to his house to kind of mm-hmm. uh thank him for everything and uh peter's wrong and roxanne thinks that you know she did maybe a good thing it turns out and as they approach the door we hear a gunshot peter breaks in and we find hopkins has committed suicide with the paper in his hand and um it turns out that after his identity was released he committed suicide and Mm. peter leaves and roxanne after saying she's sorry and didn't realize it would you know cause this she takes out her camera and takes a picture of the of body the crime scene of the crime and that's when our that's where our issue ends what? um it's such a weird like clunky story um i find that uh the 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 ending still kind of left me feeling like gross even though that the like the story was clunky and didn't really grab me a whole lot like that those final panels that are just like completely silent of her feeling sad but then taking out the camera and realizing that she's like she really will do anything to kind of mm-hmm. make it and how cutthroat i guess it is it's it's ghoulish yeah, and disturbing yeah. is what it is <laughs> yeah sure but it shows her character right and i think that's why this character mm-hmm. this story stuck with me so long is because it doesn't go how you'd expect it to go. You you think, oh, she's going to learn the error of her ways. And nope, mm-hmm. she publishes the picture. And then it's like, oh, okay, he's dead. Now she's going to learn the error. Of her. Nope, she's going to still take the last picture. And I think that's great. I love the ending. But I do agree the rest of the plot is very clunky and there's a lot that could have been cut out. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, right, what do you think, Bex? <laughs> oh, we're uh, done with this one? <laughs> no. It's just... <laughs> Yeah, it is clunky. It's always awkward when the the comic with the big baby fighting Spider-Man and and it's goofy and there's an old man pretending to be a superhero and then it ends with a suicide and you're just like, oh, cool. Like, now I'm sad, kind of, not really. Like, now I don't like anybody in this comic. (laughs) I don't know. It's just, like you said, it was clunky. It was awkward. Why does... He he breaks a wall and his family leaves him. That seems dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Like she's not gonna be like, oh, or is something wrong with you? Let's go to the doctor. Or like immediately, you're a freak. I'm taking the kids. Mm-hmm. Like I think she was just looking for an out, and she was like, here it is. <laughs> Probably. Um, well, also and, the and also the writer just it's just melodrama, right? Like go from zero mm-hmm. to sixty in two seconds. Just like, yeah. It's just, cheap writing kind of i mean even even him like picking up the boulder and then tossing it over his shoulder like this isn't just like him like throwing it behind him like he tosses it so far it like does that little comical like twink in the sky right, as right, it like right. goes so far like uh-huh. it's 
he he's thrown this like miles and miles away from him and doesn't realize he has powers until later on when he like flicks the fly away mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that he just decides that this is the thunderbolt's fault like oh this guy's getting getting he's getting props for all this stuff I, mm-hmm. why don't i get props it's like well one you haven't done anything or saved anyone that's probably you know uh-huh. one reason <laughs> um and two you're just immediately he's just like he's like oh i have to kill him <laughs> this guy and uh, it's just no everyone's motivations besides Roxanne's don't are just just plot fodder I guess mm-hmm. at least with Roxanne she's like oh I need to get these stories so that I can progress my career and I'm gonna do whatever it takes and she sticks to that and it makes sense whereas I don't even know Big Baby's name yeah mm-hmm. same um, I couldn't even remember yeah but he Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, go. I think his name is. Nope, never mind. That's his son's name, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. His oh, Lud- name might. Ludlow. Ludlow Bainsmith or something really like farmer y. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, Jolie, what did you think of the story? It was all horrible. <laughs> it, it, none of it needed to happen. The, um,. The I had some issues with the timeline. I was I didn't realize that like I didn't put two and two together that he had found the boulder, the super powered boulder, a year like a year ago. I I was like, okay, none of well, this 30, makes sense. Thirty years ago. No, he found no, it. No, he found last it a year, year ago. Because oh, if he right, found right, it right. thirty years ago, why hasn't he aged the right, way right, that right. the other Smithville firecracker did? Like. Right. It, it didn't make sense um, w- while I was reading it. Um, and it wasn't clear. I don't think that was clear enough. Also, his origin is really lame. These are the <laughs> reasons why I think that the, this book is terrible and shouldn't have existed. The origin is really lame. Like, he's out in the field. He's out tilling the field uh, and finds this rock. <clears throat> he goes home, busts the door, and his family immediately is frightened of him. She, He's been around long enough to have three teenage boys, and this is what tears their family apart. Mm. Like that's that's silly. Yeah, it's very yeah. Like weird. at least if you would have hurt one of the kids or something, that would have been yeah. logical. But just like oh, you're. Re- I never understand that in movies. Like like in Spider Man the movie when Peter Parker like punches Flash Thompson, everyone's like you're a freak. No, everyone would be like, wow, you're really strong. <laughs> I yeah, be your like, friend. <laughs> or they'd be like, whoa, how did you do that? Like, right. your wife and mm-hmm. your three children of however many years, at least 13 years, suddenly you are a monster in their eyes. Get right. out of here. Like, stop it. Like, no. Sorry. And like, Where is that toilet flushing again? I don't... Ugh. <laughs> toilet flushing. Well, anyway, um, but here's the thing Sir, is you're going to say something, ahead, Josh. Josh. Oh, it's it's also weird too because like there's a superhero that is actively doing stuff in this town so him getting superpowers don't you think maybe like you would put the two and two together by now like even the family like whoa you're super strong and the superhero that we see in this small town that everybody knows is also super strong and has the same like ability you're starting to show yeah 
Like it it's, been... it's automatically like, you're a monster. Get away. It's like, what? Yeah. It would have been a better story if there was a, they had built a rivalry between the two of them that wasn't based on the fact that he didn't understand his powers or that he'd lost his family and he'd been sort of on the lam for a year. It's just very strange. Like it, like Josh said, it would have been, I would have actually read that if, uh, their family sat down, had a logical conversation about it. Mm. The kids thought it was really cool that their father is super strong. They noted that there was another superhero in town and they tried to get him to seek the other man out. And then for some reason, um, like if he was like getting blamed for things while he was trying to seek out the other Thunderbolt. You know what I mean? Like there is a mm-hmm. better there there could have been a better written way to create a rivalry between the two of them than what happened in these last two books. Well, you know, over the past, you know, few years of reading, you know, thousands of comics every year, because that's all I do, I've come to realize that like a lot of uh superhero comics feel like B movies where you have like maybe a germ of a good idea and even a few good scenes, but I feel like all of these, most of these scripts are, if they would have just been rewritten, like, you know, the way you rewrite a screenplay, like you write it and rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it. But this is just like one draft. Okay, here's the idea. Mm. Okay, boom. And then put it out. But you, we're sitting here and we can look at it and go, well, if you would have done this differently, if you would have done that differently, like, why did that happen like that? Like, and the thing is, is I was trying to figure out what the general idea was. And I, I think what the gimmick is, is that instead of having Superman, you have almost like a Clark Kentish guy getting superpowers and an alpha male, to use a scientifically <laughs> disproven term, uh, getting superpowers. And then, like, what are the differences between the two? But splitting them up between 30 years doesn't really help. Having the one guy lose the powers and having a suit to match the powers, that doesn't really work, you know? It's like he has 25 ideas, but only, like, five of them are really good and he should have just stuck with those and fleshed them out and done them better yeah i mean i mean not even to not to mention too like the thunderbolt's whole thing is that he puts people in danger right to save them and to be the hero so like don't you think that would have consequences by the end of the story no i guess it's just okay and even peter's like this guy's a good guy stop like it's like well i mean he he is putting the whole city in danger to be fair and also, I think, to me, that story is a better story on its own. Like, this mm-hmm. should be a story about two people getting powers from the same rock. The story about a guy faking all these things, to me, is not really... doesn't really fit with this. It should be its own story. But maybe it's just not even worth analyzing. I don't know. <laughs> like, and then, like, this... Sorry, this flashback. Like, I'm mm-hmm. looking at, like, why did he spend so much time Ugh. on this flashback? But anyway, what were you going to say, Josh? Hey, why is Peter here, too? Yeah. What's Spider-Man <laughs> got to do with this at all? Mm-hmm. Well, well, there's no point. Him. He's there. He's there to be the audience's well, moral compass. I guess he he disagrees with yeah he disagrees with the girl so that's one thing. Yeah, but I also disagree yeah. with the girl so like I didn't need no. Peter to help me help no, me figure no, out that taking picture of dead body someone, is bad. <laughs> you have to have someone in the story to represent the other side of the whatever the the moral uh whatever, right? I just I mean I, even no go ahead <laughs> Jolie go okay um even the way that they've shoehorned the reason for 
Peter being in the town is really thin. Um, they've sent him to take pictures of this th- character called the Thunderbolt, but he, he, even the timelines don't make sense because it's like he hasn't been really doing anything to keep up with the keep up with um, his youth or the the level of crime fighting he did in his youth. Um, and then now suddenly, thirty years later, they're mm-hmm. taking notice of him. It just it just all doesn't make sense, or it mm-hmm. makes. Um, it makes sense, but it's not worthy of a, a two-part storyline. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. there's like all, all these, again, there's all these sort of questions you're supposed to ask when you're writing a story. And one of them is like, why now? Right? So the question is, is why did this have to story, why did this story have, have to happen right now? And like, again, the 30-year thing doesn't really do anything for me. It doesn't really, it's not a necessary element to the story and it doesn't really add anything to it. So... Yeah, because the Thunderbolt could have just still had his powers right. and still be helping the town and then still get unmasked and still kill himself. Like, that all still could have happened without right. him having to lose his powers. Right. So I don't... Is it just to make I, me feel bad for him? Because <laughs> I don't. I know. Like, the, I didn't feel bad for him up until, obviously, the ending. Right, I mean, where, where mm-hmm. we find he's committed suicide. Because, he, again, he's... He's doing all of like all of these things that are happening in the town, like the the fire and the building and the kids in danger. Like he set up that situation to make himself seem like a hero. Right. And he did think about killing her for a minute. Also, and he yeah. has a gun. He has he just has a gun. Well, well this is the US and hey, don't forget uh, everyone has the right to have a gun in the United <laughs> States. Okay, but he was gonna kill a woman, so Oh right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have to stop her, hold up a gun. Eh, maybe that's dramatic uh, enough. <laughs> like that didn't need to be there. That made me immediately go, Oh, what a what a psycho. hmm Okay, uh yeah, we already talked about the art last time. I mean the art's the same. It's yes. awkward and it's clear, but it's very awkward. It's kinda of poor. Like some mm. of it's really poor. The only thing I'll give it is it has that classic comic book nostalgia, but it's not great art. Yeah, I mean, Big Baby looks different <laughs> from panel to panel sometimes yeah. even. Like, yeah. it doesn't look like the same person. Um, same with the Thunderbolt at times. Uh, he's not too bad. Peter normally looks good, but I think it's be- just because, like, it's his comic, right? So they have they probably have some sort of, like, character sheet or reference that they can go off of mm, not right. to mention like the 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 years at this point of uh you know comics, spidey yeah. comics so also um, oh go yeah. ahead i was just gonna say yeah it it definitely is in service to the story the uh th- did we talk about the the uh you know you're just like i am is that not the original like martha moment you know, oh just, my God. like that moment where like the hero or the bad guy is going to kill the, the good guy. But then he's like, wait, you're just like your your mom's me. name is Martha, too. Right. Anyway, I thought they were going to kiss. He's like, your eyes, they're beautiful. Eyes. And then they, they get married. <laughs> and go. they're not lonely anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Or scared. And it's amazing. Yeah. Look, see. Kissing solves everything. <laughs> uh, I do love this cover, though, by Kyle Baker. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I was kind of yeah. surprised about, was that there was a Kyle Baker co- cover. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yes. 
Yeah, good cover. So yeah, Web of Spider-Man number nine. Well, how many fill-ins is that? What, five fill-ins out of nine issues or four or yeah, something? Yeah, that's a lot. But anyway, so yeah, um, I still give it a mild recommendation, but it's uh, it's not a good, it's not a great comic, that's for sure. Uh, G.I. Jolie, what about you? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> only for the weird, <laughs> only for that weird photographer reporter woman. Okay. She needs to be exposed. Okay. Um, Bex Luther. Uh, just skip the last two issues. I'm sure that the Thunderbolt will never hear about him ever again. In the history of Marvel Comics. I'm not sure if Big Baby working for S.H.I.E.L.D. is ever going to get brought up either, so I wouldn't worry too much mm. about it. I do like that they gave him a nice hat, though. So <laughs> Yeah, just in case you didn't know, he was going to be working for S.H.I.E.L.D. that to write it on his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody <laughs> loves swag. <laughs> yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. just carries around swag with them everywhere they go. Like, well, what if we find someone, we got to recruit him, put a t-shirt on that guy. <laughs> All of the shield agents have t-shirt cannons. (laughs) (laughs) Just like tote bags and pens and buttons. Uh, Josh, what about you? Most Um, (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, No, I don't think I would. It's just too like clunky and... I don't think that the themes are really clear. The characters aren't fun. There's really no reason for Peter to be here in this story. Like he's just kind of along for the ride to punch people. Right. While others run away. Like it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's not a good story by itself and it's not a good Spider-Man story. So I don't think I would recommend this one. Ooh. All right. All right. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to amazing Spider-Man 271. Uh, Bex Luthor, I believe you're going to summarize this yes. one. Yes. And as always, we, we start off with my favorite thing, uh, a ripped man in his underwear. Mm-hmm. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. You know it's going to be good, right? <laughs> I for a second was like, is that Kingpin? But I was like, nah, Kingpin's booty is much more defined. He's more thick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we start off and it's um, unclear what's going on at first, but it's Crusher Hogan, who was the guy that... Um, Peter Parker originally like fights in the wrestling ring when he first gets his spider powers and is trying to figure out how to monetize them instead of be a hero because then Uncle Ben dies, yada yada yada. Um, but and honestly, they didn't bring up Uncle Ben in this story of Crusher Hogan, so and I shocked. give them props. I know, <laughs> shocking. So, Were you waiting for the shoe to drop at like any moment? Yes, mm-hmm. uh, like you bring up Crusher Hogan and you don't bring up Uncle Ben dying, like that's crazy. So we started off and he's clearly telling a story about how when uh, Spider-Man started off, he was his his tutor and hmm. going on about how he gave him his first costume and he told him all the ropes and he's talking to like the, the guys in this um, boxing wrestling area. And this one kid is listening. He's like, wow, what a great story and not a lie at all. And everyone else is like, obviously, it's a lie. Then this big <laughs> um, leather daddy comes <laughs> Uh, what's his, his name's Manslaughter, I think, which, yes. I mean, just, you know what, why be subtle anymore? <laughs> so his, his actual name is, like, Mr. Manslaughter or whatever, and he's trying to convince the young boxer guy to re-sign his contract with them, or else, you know, bad things are gonna happen, and this guy just walks around with brass knuckles on his, um, hands at all times, and then he goes back <laughs> to his boss, 
who's this uh, woman, Miss Fang, Madam mm-hmm. Fang. Yeah. And she's like, oh, he's going to be in a lot of trouble if he doesn't sign with us. And she's like, don't worry, I'll make sure of that. And Crusher overhears the, this and it, he is very upset about it because that's his friend, and like his one only friend. Because apparently it's all gone downhill from Crusher Hogan from here. <laughs> who happens to be the biggest Spider-Man stan you have ever seen. He <laughs> loves Spider-Man. The fact that he fought Spider-Man once is so dear, near dear to his heart. <laughs> so he's like contemplating, he's like, what do I do? My friend's gonna get hurt slash be killed. What do I do? And then we pan back over and Peter is trying to go home after a night of crime fighting, web slinging, whatever. But of course, Mandy, Bambi, Candy, Sandy, Randy are all on the roof. <laughs> Um, sunbathing as they constantly do. <laughs> so Peter's just like, oh crap, how am I going to get them off the roof? I know, bats in the middle of the day. <laughs> um, so he makes like web bats and like they come and they scare the girls off so he can go back into his apartment and his landlord immediately knocks on the door and she's like, don't scare Candy, Mandy, Randy, Bambi, Peter. <laughs> also rent's due in a week. And he's like, and then we go back to the gold notebook that he took from the, um, what was it? The, 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 the yeah, Heroes Beyonder. from Higher Building, right? From the Beyonder. <laughs> right. And he's contemplating, like, selling it again, but he's not too sure. And then Mary Jane shows up looking amazing with some some uh, suspenders, and they go out for food. <laughs> <laughs> this issue is an interesting all-over one. Um, and then, of course, we pan back to we have to see what Aunt May is doing, and turns out Nathan's in some shady dealings with some shady people and doesn't want Aunt May to know about it, so he wheels off. And we go back to Peter and Mary Jane on their date. Um, Peter gets, like, his his spidey sense goes off once he goes back to work, and it turns out it's just Lance Bannon, which, uh, I, I guess, turns your spidey signal on. <laughs> um, he's looking for work, gets home, Aunt May's like, hey... I'm trying to call you. Nathan's up to some shady dealings with some shady guys. Can you follow him? Which is a weird thing for her to ask of him. But of course he says, okay. Even though he just said yes to Lance Bannon taking his job, but whatever. Who cares about commitment? You're (laughs) Spider-Man. Then we go back to the gym. And, um... Manslaughter is still being a threatening dude. And then it turns out that... Oh man, he's gonna kill this young guy who's friends with Crusher Hogan. Not if Crusher Hogan and his broom have anything to say about it. And then obviously they immediately get attacked because there's two of them and a bunch more of these thugs. So Peter abandons following um, Aunt May's boyfriend to go help these guys out. He recognizes Crusher Hogan eventually after like a big fight with this manslaughter guy who apparently has had a surgery so that he cannot feel pain. <laughs> <laughs> um, meanwhile, Nathan is getting just destroyed in an alleyway by some thugs who he owes money to. So eventually, <laughs> this fight breaks out. Spider-Man's doing all the punching, wins because he's Spider-Man. Um, the young boxer kid is like, wow, did you really, did Crusher really give you your first costume? And Peter's like, what? <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> um... And then swings off, and it, then all of the people at the boxing match are like, Wow, Crusher, you really are best friends with Spider-Man. That's cool. Now we're all your friends. Oof. Yay. And then Peter, who apparently had forgotten that Aunt May was very worried about Nathan because he seems very happy going <laughs> back to her house. Right. And she's like, um, Nathan's in the hospital. Thanks, but 
no thanks. Uh, seems like you care so much about me and my life. And then slams the door on him. <laughs> the end. So. Well, uh, first I must play quickly. The ending is a classic Spider-Man ending, but that last thought bubble is that the price I must always pay for being Spider-Man? I believe that's like word for word used by Stan Lee like five times in the, you know, in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, t- uh, Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends are just recycling old Spider-Man stories here. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, you know, it's again, it's an enjoyable issue. It's not a masterpiece, but it has all the elements that make a Spider-Man story good. It's just that, you know, it's kind of like a hamburger, like a McDonald's hamburger. It's got the pickles. It's got the onions. So it tastes good, but it's still not gourmet food, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much feel the same way. Like it, it's it's a fine issue. Um, it, it feels like a classic story. It's kind of corny in parts, mm-hmm. and uh, the art is also like it. It seems like old school and mm-hmm. and light and. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fun story. It's fine. Maybe it's just because I it was sandwiched in between these other two that I really enjoyed this one. But uh, it it felt like a it felt like a like a you know a classic Spidey story, especially with that ending of like he really had no other choice. This wasn't right. this wasn't Peter being a dipshit like he's normally in the mm-hmm. comics we've been reading, where he's just mm-hmm. like f. Eh, I'm not helping Aunt May. Forget yeah. it. I'm too busy. It's like, no, he, he literally had to go save somebody else's life. And by doing so, he put another person's life at risk. And like, no matter what he chose to do, he somebody would have gotten hurt and right. and it would have been his fault. Or, or at least he thinks, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the burden that he bears. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty fun story. I thought it was okay. Yeah, Jolie, what do you think? <sighs> I feel like they wasted Mary Jane's appearances. Like, we could have done hmm. without them. Couldn't you have saved her for a better storyline? Wow. <sighs> yeah, it's a little strange. Because, like, she shows up at night to be like, hey, let's go out. And then, for some reason, the next time we don't see them going out. It's yeah. the next day that we see them out. But it says like earlier the next day, is it implied that they like spent the night together or um, did they just hang out two times in a row and then just like late at night and then early in the morning again? And yeah. like, I, I'm, I'm not sure like what, what the point of like and, introducing her for one night and then the next day introducing her again. I don't know. Sorry, yeah, because she, she, it's okay. She's just suddenly doing these, like, very maternal things. Like, um, she comes in, uh, looks awesome, says that mm-hmm. she's got, like, she's like, hey, you're my bud. <clears throat> um, let's go out for dinner because I got a raise. Like, my job gave me a raise. Cool. She sees the golden notebook, immediately, like, cartoon double takes. And it's like, <laughs> oh, well, like he must have the money to be able to do these things. So they go to a, a paint and hardware boutique. That thing doesn't exist. Like, um, <laughs> they go to a hardware boutique and buy all, she convinces him to buy all this stuff. She's like, I'm sure you'll figure it out. Gold notebook. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, uh, Peter has no money. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't know why Peter's uh, kind of flipping around on this one. Just get rid of the notebook. Mm-hmm. Just, it's not like there's mm-hmm. some secret message written to him. I don't know. Like, Deborah Whitman, Deborah Whitman does not absolve him of all of his uh, relationship crimes in this gold notebook. <laughs> So I don't know why he is bent on keeping it. Like he needs to have a memento from that building. I don't know. I just see. yeah, it's just Ugh. to sell it. Yeah, it's it's obviously... weird that that we're like we're like spending so much time with him. Like mm, I don't know, it doesn't feel right. It's like it's too late. What are you gonna do? Give it back to Kingpin, mm-hmm. right? Because he's the one who took the gold. Like who are you giving this to? Yeah, it's like you deserve it, Peter. I get. We get it. Um, you're we're done with thinking about it like from wherever whatever moral high ground you're thinking about it from you deserve it everybody knows you deserve it just give yourself a break for once bud like mm-hmm. but no he he does everything the hard way oh god and then and yeah go ahead, well, he knows that aunt may is struggling with money because nathan told him yeah so like not even for like a selfish reason, Peter. Give her the money. Give her the notebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and ov- mm-hmm. obviously, I th- I think I don't know that it's obvious, but I think Nathan's put himself in financial um, hardship slash in the line of fire to help Aunt May. So it's like it's it's all like f- f- three fourfold at this point. Like it's all a house of cards, and you know, just that stupid gold notebook would fix everything and. This is like the least payment he could have taken for what he does for the world. And he is just like content not doing it. It's like the moral dilemma of finding a $20 bill on the road. You just put it in your pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. Yeah. You look around. Nobody's looking for anything. 20 bucks. I bring it to the police station. But anyway, okay, so... That's no, a lie. <laughs> that is so... A thousand percent a lie. Uh, <laughs> should the lie sound effect on that soundboard? Oh, yeah, I should get, like, a lie detector, like... <laughs> By the way, what does anyone think of... Uh, what's her name? Madam... Madam Fang? Yeah. Um, uh, maybe a bit of a racial stereotype. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, what isn't at this point? Yeah, it's the eighties. Yeah, it's it's like I could argue. Um, I I remember arguing that Fu Manchu was sort of like a caricature, and to like, well, he's Asian. I don't see how that's a caricature. It's like, okay, I'm not having this argument. Yeah. <laughs> Jolie, that's just how Asian people are. Yeah, they just they just look for what? boating on their giant golden chairs in the back yeah. of a Chinese restaurant, <laughs> obviously. Like, yeah, obviously doing it's crime. so cool and or and a okay. dojo. <laughs> oh, hey! By the way, right? speaking of someone at work today, I won't say where I work. Wanted to take a picture <laughs> of somebody who's not a Mexican wearing a sombrero because it's Cinco de Mayo. Great idea, right? Hmm. Posted on our Instagram feed. Oh, but oh, did they at least put a fake mustache on? <laughs> Were they at least holding a taco <laughs> or maracas? Right? Uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. But, um, like, even the new Shang-Chi is not, like, Fu Manchu is not Shang-Chi's dad. So, like, <laughs> they were like, you know what? We're not going to do that. That seems like a bad idea. So. <laughs> it might just be because they don't have the rights to the character. But, yeah, I get your point. 
You I know, I have a Marvel has all the rights it, now. No, they don't have the rights to Fu Manchu. No, Fu Manchu is separate because he's from uh, uh, these separate book series. From, but I have a hunch that it's not just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, mm. girl boss energy for Madame Fang. She runs the whole gig. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't. She's got like this really hot, like leather daddy guy to do all her bidding. That's kind of mm-hmm. right. Good for her. Could you imagine having somebody at your bidding whose name is? Manslaughter, Manslaughter. Marsdale. Come my favorite on. part is that it's his that's his real name. He's like, that's my first name. Manslaughter's my first name. <laughs> my mama Call named me Manslaughter. Mr. Mars- Marsdale. Are you yeah. kidding? He's, he's correcting in a full purple leather. He's yeah. correcting a teenage boy because he's he demands that much respect. It's it's totally fine with me. I'm into it. <laughs> also, I gotta give this I, I do like when they reference old continuity because the trend nowadays at Marvel and DC is to just reboot everything every couple years and wipe out everything. So I'm glad that at this point we're at Amazing Spider-Man 271 and they're referencing a story that's 25 years old. So I think that's great personally. So that's extra points for this one. It's just sad that now he just sweeps the boxing ring he used to fight in. Like that's sad. It is sad, yeah. Poor Crusher Hogan, what happened? Mm-hmm. Spider Man wiped the floor with you once and now you're just done? Now you <laughs> literally wipe the floor. <laughs> uh, maybe he just like loves being there. Ooh. There you go. Okay, someone's got to take that soundboard away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. It's programmed into his mind. Mm-hmm. He is the soundboard. <sighs> So yeah. yeah, I give this one a mild recommendation. It's definitely enjoyable, but it's, it's not a classic story by any means. Uh, mm-hmm. GI Jolie. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll recommend this one. It's it's mm. it, if only joy. I'll give it like five leather daddies at a ten. <laughs> okay, uh, Bex Luther. Just for the characterization of Crusher Hogan alone, I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. Just no, like. He was such like a just a big doofy monster, right? But now he's like he loves Spider Man. Me, I love Spider Man. You know what? I get it. Ten out of ten. Ten Spider Man fangirls out really? of ten. Really? Okay. Josh. Uh, eight. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun story. Uh again, kinda echo what everybody else said. Crusher's uh story was really nice. I like that he kind of has a happy ending by the end of the issue. Um Everybody believes his stories now because he fought alongside Spider-Man to save the day. And maybe now he can like help run the gym and, you know, train some people. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a cute little story. And then and then with uh, with Peter having that classic dilemma of having to like make the hard decision and maybe in the moment it feels like the right decision, but there's still consequences to everything that he does. So, you know, uh, uh, Aunt May's boyfriend gets hurt and yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's got all the elements of those classic Spidey comics. So if you're looking for good Spidey fun, read this issue. <laughs> yeah. okay. I mean, a man in a wheelchair does get beaten to almost death too. That Let's was the forget. most fun part. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. They just literally beat him in an alley. Okay. Speaking of fun, now we're going to go to the all-new, all-daring <laughs> Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man number 110. Oh, wait a minute. No, sorry. 109. Sorry, I had the wrong one open. You say it's fun? 
So here we go. He <laughs> was Texan. Before okay. we even get cracked the cover, I love this cover. Let's talk about the cover mm-hmm. quickly. This cover is freaking awesome. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, it's fun. It's a. Uh, I love. <laughs> I love the like. It almost feels like a black and white cover at first, but it's got some splashes of red, and then this right. like psychedelic yellow and blue uh, mm-hmm. title at the bottom. Yep. Yeah. Bex Luthor, what do you think? Yeah, no, it's uh it's dope. The <laughs> the, the black Spider Man suit with the red accents instead of the blue. Mm-hmm. Love that. Very mm-hmm. cool. Uh G.I. Um, Jolie. Oh, did you have more to say, Becca? No. Oh, okay. I was just nope. trying to figure I I too enjoy um a good cut out letter, like a masked letter, but I'm trying to figure out what the image is in inside and I think it's like dead bodies. I think it's the priest, yeah. I think it's probably <sighs> that's cool. Yeah. That's really um that's really dark. <laughs> okay. A lot uh, of death in Spider Man in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Peter seem Peter Parker seems to be like the stories where it's like the more adult, serious, like edgy stories. Mm-hmm. Um I think it was reversed before. Like when we started, I feel like Peter was more fun and it was like Peter and and his like gang of friends from school, right? Like it was you know, always kind of like his like side characters that would pop up in Peter Parker and yeah, that's the stories that's we would right. deal with. And then Amazing was kind of like darker, a little bit more serious. And then Marvel Team Up was like the, you know, crap stories. The bad one. Yeah. <laughs> and now Web is like the weird like one offs that don't make any sense. And like Peter and Amazing have kind of swapped. Amazing is like that classic corny fun stories, and Peter's mm. so dark and like. Uh, well, you know, gritty. Peter Parker was dark for a while though. You remember all those uh, kind of Steve Ditko inspired stories? Like by Bill yeah, Mantlo and again, all the drug stuff with Cloak and Dagger. So yeah. I think it's been darker for a while. But I know what you mean. When they when we first started doing Spider Cast, it was mostly about his like college supporting cast, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, that yeah. kind of changed. You're right. So anyway, so we're at part three of the death of Gene DeWolf. So uh, basically, yeah, we're kind of just getting a lot of exposition at the beginning. We get a priest, a different priest, talking about the priest that was just murdered. We're cross-referencing with uh, Matt Murdock and some other people. We also get a one-page reference to a subplot that we will come to see, that will come to fruition in a few issues, so we won't talk about that. But basically, it's Santa Claus breaking into a girl's a little girl's apartment. We'll find out where that goes in a few issues. <laughs> then we have a scene, a really cool scene, where Spider-Man uh, confronts the Kingpin to find out if he knows anything about the Sin Eater. And basically, he doesn't. Um, and I, but I, I do love this part where as he's talking to him, uh, he's like, um, we cut to like cutaway scenes of guards at the Kingpin's like headquarters that have been knocked out. And then he's like, uh, oh, by the way, you, oh, he goes, you may leave Spider-Man. And by the way, I trust you will not find it necessary to render any more of my guards unconscious on your way out. And then he says, you might learn a few points of subtlety from your friend Daredevil. He merely knocked on the front door. And I thought that was cool to at least show mm-hmm. the difference between the two characters. That, that was a nice little touch. Uh, so then we have a, uh, a cool scene of Matt Murdock going into a bar and doing the classic, like, you know, tough guy goes into a bar to try and get information. Uh, no one wants to cooperate, but he ends up, you know, because he's Daredevil, he's able to take on all these guys anyway. And then we get, I think, what was a funny transition where 
Matt Murdock's like, okay, okay, I'm leaving. So he walks out the door and then the owner or whatever, the the bartender girl is like, mm. for once, for once, nobody broke the wit. And then Spider-Man smashes to the window. Nobody move. I want information about the Sin Eater. So he goes in and says, yeah. He's, he walks in and starts punching people out. And then we see a montage of him like going around the city and just roughing people up, trying to get information out of them. Then he finds this guy named, uh, what's his name? The guy he Gerald Jablonski. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, is that it? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know, but that's funny. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Gerald Jablonski. Okay. So he brings him to. Well, you think I forgot that name? (laughs) (laughs) So he brings Gerald Jablonski to this little diner, and he basically pretends that they're friends in order to get everyone in the diner. I don't know why every place they go to is magically infiltrated with people you know that are all from the underworld but whatever so he's trying to get all these people to think that this guy is like an informant so that they'll all turn against them so he scares them into helping them out um but what is he i don't know if he actually gives them any information does he no he basically just says no i don't know anything i swear right he doesn't actually mm-hmm. give him any information so then um peter parker goes back to the daily planet or daily bugle and while he's there what appears to be the Sin Eater breaks through the door. He's got a shotgun. And Peter Parker is surprisingly inactive. He doesn't really do much. He kind of stands there. He's like, it's him. Uh, Sin Eater pulls his gun on Robbie Robinson. Robbie Robinson, the hero, calmly pretends to be J. Jonah Jameson in order to, you know, save the lives of the people in the bugle. Uh, Peter Parker picks up a what's uh, a typewriter or, or just the ribbon thing of a typewriter, throws it at the Sin Eater, knocks him down. Up, oh, story's over. Sin Eater's down, they arrest him, they bring him in, and now we know from part one and two that this is the guy that was um, confessing in the priest's thing, whatever it's called, the booth. But it it turns out that Matt Murdock, since he can hear people's heartbeats, knows that this is not the actual Sin Eater. And for some reason, even though, I don't know why he's so protective about his superpower, like what's the difference whether Peter Parker or Spider-Man knows this or not, but he doesn't want to tell Spider-Man that he can hear heartbeats. I guess because no one knows he's blind. Maybe that's why. So anyway, so they figure out that um, this guy, they, they know where his address is. So they go to his apartment. They're looking for evidence. They can't find anything. But then they realize there's a door connected to another apartment next door to the next apartment. So they go in there and Spider-Man picks up a bill and he's like, this Con Ed bill. Holy cow. This is Stan Carter's place. So then they piece together that this is actually that Stan Carter is the sin eater. He's got the mask. He's got the shotgun. And he's been recording like a diary. And this guy who lives next door has been hearing it. And he's been thinking that these are voices in his head telling him to kill people. And so that's why this guy thought that he was just following up uh, on the voices in his head. And that's why he went to the Daily Bugle because J. Jonah Jameson was the next target. So then anyway, so then they find out. So then they get a call from the Daily Bugle. Uh, Oh, no, no, sorry. Spider-Man calls the Daily Bugle because they find out that uh, the next on the list is... uh, Betty Leeds, who Spider-Man has known since like the early days of the comic book. So he calls there and he's like, if that monster hurts them, hurts anyone, I'll kill him. And basically we get the scene of Betty Leeds sitting in her office and then the Sin Eater standing there. And then Spider-Man's like on the phone, Betty, Sin Eater's still loose. He's coming there. You've got to get out. Betty, do you hear me? Get out of the house. Get out. And then the gun goes off and supposedly Betty Leeds dead. And that's it. And let me just say, I thought this issue was awesome. I thought it was easily the best chapter so far. And it was my favorite issue of the month. And it was the only one that 
had me on the edge of my seat and really pulled into the story. But that's just me. Josh, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was okay. I, I was not, <laughs> I did not feel the same. I, I think it's just because I, I read the first two issues before this. I really hate how they're characterizing Peter Parker as this like brash douchebag. Um, what you mean? Cause you like, made fun of that guy's stutter. You think that's bad? <laughs> Other that, than that, him crashing through the window instead of, you know, using the, door of the bar like who are you punishing <laughs> by crashing through the window what is the point the bar is open you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just point. it's just for the punchline mm-hmm. and for daredevil later on to be like listen you're acting like a fucking asshole mm-hmm. like there's no point um even even later on daredevil's like why did you like kidnap that guy bring him to a bar and threaten his life just to get information Uh like it's really weird because we we already know that peter parker has gone through stories like this and learned that this is not okay he even stops bad guys or other like anti-heroes who use these methods to get information. Mm-hmm. This is not Peter Parker. This is not Spider-Man. It feels so out of place for him to be acting like this and treating people like this, even if they are criminals. Mm, you know what I mean? Thor, like, I don't know. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, see, no, before you uh, say anything, Bex, I, for me, I know exactly what you're saying, but I always felt like with Peter Parker's character versus say say Superman or Batman that Spider-Man was always learning and it's not just because he's supposed to be younger but I always just felt like more so than Spider-Man or Batman or whoever he was always making mistakes so the fact that Daredevil calls him out on it I think is part of who Spider-Man is is that he still is making huge mistakes as he's learning to be a superhero that's how I take it Sure. But maybe not. Maybe not. Bex Luthor, what do you think? <laughs> uh, no, I'm with Josh on this one. It's it's not the Peter Parker that I'm accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And and look, I would get it if he was so devastated by Gene DeWolf's death that he's acting irrationally because like he needs to figure out who killed her. Like who killed my good friend Gene mm-hmm. DeWolf. But as we know, oh crud, she's yeah. dead. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, oh, she also had a crush on me. Now I care. Like, it, it hasn't been consistent enough for me to believe in this, like, outburst of character for Peter. Mm-hmm. If in the last two issues he was absolutely devastated about the murder of, of his good friend Gene DeWolf, and he now is breaking to the point where he's he's trying his hardest to figure it out, mm-hmm. and he's no longer himself anymore, that would make more sense. But he's just been flip-flopping this whole, like, story arc, and... Mm-hmm. I don't buy it. I also really like how he just like bursts into Kingpin's office and almost gets shot. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that. even Kingpin's like, Peter, you're acting crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't he learn in the first issue after he tr- he chased down his uncle's murderer that he shouldn't be taking, you know, things into his own hands and like what he's doing is wrong and well, you're talking about a music fantasy to... 15 
Yeah, like, doesn't he chase down his uncle's murderer? Oh, yeah, but he does that, and like, that's the, that's like him learning to take responsibility, <laughs> so, so, so. Right, like, the first time he's Spider-Man. Right. So it just feels weird that he's doing it again, and, like. To people he doesn't know are guilty. Yeah. Like, to just random people. Like, like, he kidnaps this man in front of his daughter. To yeah. question him, and this guy knows nothing. She'll be fine. And he has no reason to believe this guy knows anything. <laughs> right. Well, maybe he's a little bit going... Maybe. Well, that's the point, right? Then that's why he's coming to conflict with Daredevil, because he is going over the edge, so... I mean, she did have a crush on him, so... Yeah, it, it just... I don't know. I feel like this would make sense if it was still, like, the actual symbiote suit, mm-hmm. but it's just the fabric costume, right? Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. It feels a little out of place. I, I think it would have been great if it was the symbiote because then you can slowly see him like like pushing that boundary. Like sure. even other superheroes are like, listen, dude, you're taking this too far. What the hell's going on? Right. But no, this is this is after the fact. Like it just is strange. Well, yeah, unfortunately, they wrapped up that story in like five issues. But um. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, G.I. Jolie did not have time to read this issue. Well, I mean, I did have time to scroll through it just mm. now. Um, to be honest, I've just been collecting butts for the butt tally. There's and a there lot of are so spidey butts. Oh, uh, oh, original eighteen yeah. when he's like bent over, literally bending over <laughs> during his conversation with Daredevil. He, yeah, the contours. And then the and the fourth last panel, and then there's the last panel, and I'm like, okay, um, you know what? This issue may have not been great. There is some weirdness with Santa Claus, um, but but two T's. Um, there's some great. There's some hits. Even Daredevil contributes a couple uh, marks to to the tally so i mean i can't hate it also there's just some really cool stuff about the art the good thing about not flipping through sorry the good thing about flipping through and not having read it is that you i'm just looking at the art and there's mm-hmm. so many close-ups of eyes like there, mm-hmm. um for, for what reason i'm not sure was it popular did it become popular in the 80s to like do do that I I don't think so, but like, what it what which ones do you mean? Just this uh, original oh. twenty one. Oh, like page 22. six with just his eyes. Yeah, that's uh, that seems to me like a Sergio Leone thing. You know, like the Italian film director, like just closing up on the the eyes. But yeah, yeah this maybe. is a lot of extreme close ups mm-hmm. uh, for a comic, and I mean they're really cool. Also, the physical comedy. This is the first time. <laughs> The physical comedy worked for me. <laughs> you mean like smashing through the window? Yes. Yeah. It was great. I thought it was great. The, I laughed out loud. His yeah. entire body is, it's ridiculous. Right, like, <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> that's the thing is like, if it's one thing to write the joke, but if the artist wouldn't have drawn it well, it would not have landed, but it totally does. No, and it's- crash <laughs> is spelt with a K. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let's, uh, yeah. Take I, I you think out the, for a moment. Sorry, go ahead, Josh. I think that the joke is pretty funny and like the timing of it is great. I think it's just afterwards he continues to act like a dick. You know what I mean? Like he, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's so out of character. 
Um, yeah, it's it's weird. I, the art is great in this issue. There's a lot of like fantastic expressions too. Like mm-hmm. the faces are all very very well done. Uh, I love on page like original page eleven. <laughs> <laughs> uh spider-man knocks on the door the little girl answers he turns she turns around to her dad and like does like the thumb over her shoulder yeah, she's like it's so funny get a load of this asshole but also look at her line of dialogue daddy there's a man with a bug on his chest like that's awesome you know yeah <laughs> get a load of this that's the thing again <laughs> Shout out to Susie. I hope Susie comes back. She, her dad's like a, a, a like a uh, gang member or whatever, and she does not give a shit. Nothing faces Susie. Right, but no. she's like, oh, yeah. who are you? And <sighs> Jerry comes out to investigate in his green suit, which is amazing. Um, he looks like, like he's blazing red hair. He looks like Christmas. He's like, a man with a one on holy. Like, it's all, all good. Yep. Get a load of this asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I hope uh, Susie comes back. I yeah. love her. Just she's not shocked by any of this. She's like, yep, dad's weird and his friends are weird. Uh, I guess it's Spider-Man. All right. Uh, what's for dinner? Mm-hmm. I love Susie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so recommendations. Oh god! For the comedy, yes. Also, yeah. is he drinking shakes with this guy with his mask up? Yeah. I know, isn't that awesome? I love that. Ridiculous. It's just, yeah, just just having a quick malt at the diner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. See, like this is the kind of thing I'd love to see in a movie. Like one of the you know whoever with Tom Holland like in his Spider-Man costume, but just with his mask pushed up, like drinking a shake. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he do that in the? Do, in the movie? I don't know, maybe, does he? When he's, like, eating tacos or something that he got for, like, helping some lady at a bodega? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In Homecoming, I think, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. It, it, yeah, I don't know. There's some really fun stuff in this issue. I, it's definitely the strongest of the three in this mm. arc. Um, Still not I good. don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think maybe because it's part of the same story, I was just, like, not super impressed and then like the whole like this guy's crazy he's hearing voices but it's just the police officer talking about how he's going to murder somebody out loud mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a little ridiculous i'll give yeah, you yeah okay sure <laughs> well i give it a, i still recommend it because as i said <clears throat> it's my favorite of the month and i just felt like i was reading like a real story like I didn't have to make excuses for it. Like, I love Amazing, but when you read Amazing, you know that you're reading, like, kind of a kid's superhero comic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I make excuses for this in the uh, recording, you know, I'm going to record my plan to murder someone out loud into a tape recorder. That's ridiculous. But other than that, I was pretty sucked in by the rest of the story here. Uh, Bex Luthor? Yeah, it's, it's very strange that a cop would record himself planning murders and be like trying to get away with like dude you you know that that's just evidence right like and then <laughs> i will say though i knew who sin eater was going into this but i will say having like a false sin eater was pretty and was you know kind of clever right like a guy mm. a crazy guy who thinks that he's hearing voices but it turns out it's a guy's video diary <laughs> he's vlogging his he's 
Hey, what's up, you guys? Today, I'm going to teach you how to, like, shoot someone with a double barrel shotgun. Um, Make sure you first, hit that like button. Smash that subscribe button. Don't forget to ring the bell. So you don't follow miss me for some more homicides later on. This video is sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. Get 500 free coins when you sign up with my code. Hashtag Sin Eater. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, and then like the end when it's very obvious that he has not shot Betty right well did he I don't know yeah no how do you know well because I'm assuming... when there's a death they show it oh mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm assuming not but I mean they just offed another character with like no dignity to it at all so who Ooh. knows just but shoot I Betty right in the face poor Betty at least she did get a nice girls' night with what's-her-face. Uh, <laughs> true. One last. What's the other woman's name? Mrs. Jameson? Yeah. Oh, I Marla. Like Marla. Marla. Yeah, right? Marla, because Ned and, Ned and Joan are out of town, so they're like, why don't you come over and spend the week at my house? And I'm like, adult friends do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, if my if, like my partner's gone for the week, I could just like invite a girlfriend over, and we could just <laughs> like hang out? Well. I never thought to... This yeah, was the right 80s. Now. It was a different time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no pandemics in the 80s. <laughs> Before the world changed. Yeah. I mean, I've been watching Downton Abbey lately, and, like, everybody, they invite everybody who passes through town to sleep over in that house. I guess if you have, like, 50 extra rooms, why not extend the hospitality? But just, I guess Marla is Jonah's wife. She works at the Daily Plan Bugle, too. Yeah, I, I I think so. Yeah, yeah. They just got married in that annual, right? Um, mm -hmm. I didn't think she worked there. Yeah, I didn't realize she worked there either. Yeah, unless she just like walks around her husband's place of work, talking. She to, might talking to all the like, the <laughs> girl Fridays. Oh, so anyway, <laughs> she might do that. I don't know. <laughs> Were you gonna say something else, Julie? No. I thought somebody else was talking because there's like electronic interference. Oh no, oh. I, didn't hear, I didn't hear it. No. Yeah, I don't hear it either. But anyway. Yeah, I need to get a, like a cricket sound bite, huh? Yeah, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, because you'll uh, abuse it and just use it when we make really great funny jokes. Yeah. No, I'll do the buttons. <laughs> the crickets for when to just to fill the awkward silence. Just I gotta to get my fill own that I got a few in mind, but I'm going to keep them a secret. Ooh. But anyway. I don't know why I thought, but I was like, what do you mean get your own crickets? It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, I know where you can get some. Like, they're, they're stupid. Oh, my well, God. Well, I wish there was another issue to review, but unfortunately, there was only three this week, guys. I apologize. That's okay. Yeah. Usually, the fourth one's not great. <laughs> hey, don't, don't speak too soon, because in two weeks, we'll be getting back to Secret Wars 2. So we'll be adding a fourth issue for three months. I, I like told I said you, before. I'm gonna be dead. <laughs> like, like I said before. Glad there isn't a fourth. Uh, but guess what? Next week, we got a little twist here. We're only reviewing two Spidey comics, but they're both graphic novels. We're gonna be reviewing uh, The Revenge of the Living Monolith, featuring a guest appearance by Spider-Man. And we're also gonna review Spider-Man's very first solo graphic novel, uh, Hookie. So yeah, that's going to be a, an interesting one next week. So please join mm. us next week. 
And we want to thank Bex Luthor and G.I. Jolie for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Josh, you can take it from here. Uh, we also want to thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, it really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcast or drop us a line on Twitter at, at HCTSpiderCast. Uh, please let us know what you guys think about the comics we're talking about and the podcast itself. We do want to keep that comics conversation going. That's right. So until next Monday, spider, spider friends, friends, go get for it. Get over this asshole. <laughs> <laughs>